Welcome to The Housing Platform, a podcast brought to you by Platform Housing Group. Winter has arrived and social housing faces one of its toughest periods for managing repairs and maintenance of their properties in order to ensure customers have a warm, safe home. With the problems presented from the risk of damp and condensation mould, the backdrop of tightened measures and issues around resources, plus a backlog from the pandemic, we're here today to talk about what Platform have been doing to prepare for this winter. Following the previous winter, a set of change programmes were put in place to improve experience for customers. So as this next winter sets in, how confident are we of delivering a better service? My name's Rich Hurst, I'm from the communications team, and I've been sitting down with Dennis Evans, Executive Director of Property, and Linda Colburn, Director of Asset Management, to discuss the aims of the change programmes and the results so far. Dennis, let's start with you. How much more of a challenge do we expect this winter of 2024 to be? I think the challenge for, for this winter is, is again, the, the, you know, the challenge you've been faced over the last few months around uh, tackling fuel poverty and supporting our customers in uh, with, with the ability to heat their homes and create an environment which is healthy for them. We're working with them. Our wellbeing fund is particularly supportive of that, that area of our customers' need at this point in time. Linda, we know that the fuel poverty Dennis mentions will increase the risk of damp and mould once again. What are we doing this time around to try and tackle the problem? We've fundamentally changed the way we deal with damp and mould. We've completely revamped uh, the process. Um, The regulator gave us uh, the spotlight report on damp and mould, and we really rewrote the whole of the policy around that recommendation and all of the, the recommendations that came out of that. So we've trained every single uh, person who is customer facing, anybody who may go over the threshold uh, of a a property in recognising damp and mould. And we've set them up in a way that they can record that instantly. It goes on there um, straight into the damp and mould tracker, which we didn't have, you know, this time last year. We had no visibility of it. We didn't even have a means of recording damp and mould jobs. So if we wanted to know where we were with damp and mould, we had to scan all of the notes in jobs just to try and pull um, that, that information out. Now we've got a dedicated tracker. Every single um, field person is trained in damp and mould and recognising damp and mould and being able to report it. Our processes are are very um, regulated in terms of we've got a, a, a means of video calling so that we can, uh, if the customer will allow us, we can uh, look at the, the damp and mould on the first call point of contact. Um, our surveyors have now got access to that uh, video calling. They're set up to do the actual physical surveys and we've got a supply chain now that can respond to, yeah. to the damp and mould, remedials and cleaning side of things. We, we got into a, a position earlier in the year where we were literally issuing work and taking it back and reissuing it about three times because we gave it to contractors and they were overwhelmed with it. Um, so we're, we've still got a, a backlog going into the winter, but we've signed off additional resources, both administrative to, to keep the customers informed and, and to, um, to move forward the, the, the whole of the process, but also to do those surveys and to do the reme- specify the remedial works um, concerned. So we're in a lot better position, a lot stronger position, but we've got a lot of work to do. And I guess as a result of those new processes, we're seeing more instances of damp and mould reported to us. 
exactly right. We, we certainly are. Um, so our neighbourhood colleagues are, are certainly um, recording things, but also the customers are being um, encouraged to report things as well. So the, 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 it's, it's easier for them to do that. They obviously um, there's been a lot of publicity around the case so people are genuinely concerned for their own health and the health of the children so they are more inclined to to report it we've had a, obviously a bit of a lull during the summer but that's now starting to to creep up again so we're going into that that winter period with still some work to do on the the, the past um, notified cases uh, and and we're going to get some more going forward okay now, the new tenant satisfaction measures put a lot of focus on uh, building safety, compliance and repairs. So how is this new approach to asset management going to improve what we do in respect to all that? So much of the building safety project itself has dealt with recording all of the, the things on the estate that could possibly cause any harm. So we have now got our our basic data, in, as far as compliance is concerned, into a situation where we, we didn't have it before. So we can automatically report on a lot of the um, the building safety aspects that will feed into the, the tenant satisfaction measures. Although the, the, the measures require a, a granularity of, of, of data that we haven't been used to, to reporting. Um, the whole of the project, again, it's been around the whole of our policies, procedures, everything's been stripped down. We've put in place a new supply chain on that, so much more uh, automated. Um, lots of um, use of, of technology in terms of, again, all of our compliance officers in the field, they can record everything going forward and that goes straight into the database. So again, makes it easy to report from. And we can um, assure ourselves on the adequacy of our certification because again we've got some automated means of recording that and um, reviewing the certification to see whether it's valid or not so we fundamentally changed the way we do building safety and I think that all makes it much easier to report on the tenant satisfaction measures and demonstrate that we're really keeping customers safe. Just want to stay with the compliance aspect. Uh, we know that issues still exist around not being able to gain access to properties to perform gas and electric checks. So what are we doing to change that? We've had a huge amount of support from our neighbourhood colleagues on this. And I think it's a great example of cross-directorate working. Um, the gas team are doing an amazing job. So my guys look at the compliance uh, side of it and are reporting the overall position on that. And PPC are obviously actively out there completing those uh, those checks and going out at short notice when the neighbourhood offices are getting us access to these properties. So there's a, a real joined up process in place. And I think we've seen some marvellous results of late from that. I think the latest result is that we've got four certificates outstanding, which is amazing to think, you know, is it 37, 38,000 properties on, on the gas side? Just incredible. Um, so to have four, that's amazing. Um, electrical, I think we're starting obviously from a, um, a lower position. Electrical is not the same legal requirement that the gas is, and, and we are aiming to try to get to a five-year programme. Um, we've been moving um, from a 10 to a, a seven-year programme, and our certificate software is telling us that there's quite a bit of remedial work coming out of the uh, certificate certification we've already done. So again, we've got some focus to put on that. Um, but again, we've, we've got the best visibility of that work that we've ever had. And we can now set programmes up to address that. 
So um, it all helps to to keep that again, keep our customers safe. Yeah, it, it, it's 34,000 properties or thereabouts with gas that we have. And we've got four properties that are currently outstanding, which is, you know, it's, it, it's not top quartile. It's probably top decile performance in the sector. Um, but nonetheless, our challenge is 100% because we need to be 100% uh, from a legal perspective. But, you know, we, we are, as Linda said, we're doing a huge amount of work with our colleagues in operations to get us access into those and, and working with property care to be able to respond immediately. OK, then let's move things on to our void or empty properties and, and how we're implementing this new platform standard to make sure they're in better condition before we make them available to live in. Now, that has, of course, hit problems with the increasing cost of materials and essential repairs needed to get to that standard. So how are we managing that now? I think that the, the Boyd standard was a conscious decision by the board and the organisation to improve the product that we needed to push out to new customers. We recognised that, that it, it wasn't where it needed to be. It's a lot better and our customer satisfaction has improved off the back of that. Um, I personally believe that we, you know, our, our standard and that actually the sector is moving towards a, a much higher standard regarding voids. Um, and moving away from that race to the bottom where you just give the bare minimum, I still think there's, there's some work to be done around it. And there's, you know, there's, the, the the latest discussions are carpets and properties and what we do with those, you know, and the, the, every everyone is wrestling with that uh, at this point in time. Uh, we have to give our customers a fighting chance of sustaining their tenancies. And the more we can give them a void stage, the better. And what about when we get to the point that cost is just too much and it's not cost effective to repair it and you know it may be easier to get rid of that property when do we make that call do we make that call well we do we have an op options appraisal process where we do and you know if, if, if things are you know becoming ridiculously expensive then we'd look at that and see what we could do with those particular prop individual properties and we do that and that's in linda's team you know sam does an amazing job around that and reviewing the level of investment that we need to make in certain properties. But, you know, we're in the business to retain social housing. That's what we do. You know, we're not in the business to, you know, sell it or, you know, move on. And so we have a certain stance around it. Yeah. And, you know, first and foremost, we retain and invest. Okay, cool. Thank you. Uh, let's talk about recruitment in your areas and the issues in finding enough skilled people to cope with the volume of work we have. Have we got a plan in place? How are we going to fill the vacancies? We, we, we've undoubtedly got a vacancy gap in our organisation, but always will have a vacancy gap because of natural churn. Um, we're doing all we possibly can. Job fairs, promoting uh adverts on vans and yeah we, we we really are trying for it it's it's actually it's improved more latterly in certain roles particularly the trades roles 
Um, we do, you know, as Linda said before, we've agreed for a, an additional resource, additional resources into the uh, assets team. Uh, and that, that will be a challenge because everybody is in is investing into their asset team at the at this point in time so you know we only time will tell but we're doing all we possibly can we, we you know and we're, we're selling the you know the the good points of working here at platform um we're, we're a good employer we are we truly are a good employer and we look after our staff our benefits package is great and you know the amount of people you've seen leave recently and then come back within a matter of weeks is is quite telling so yeah i think, I think that's our, our strongest point we we've got a lot to offer some of the best terms and conditions in the sector but more than that the flexibility to to, to work from home um, but also the reputation and the word of mouth. I think people who work within the business have, have, have got good things to say about platform and the values of the organisation. And I think that goes a long way to attracting people. I think we're getting a bit better at being more flexible around uh, what people coming into the business might want. Um, I mean, we recently um, had a, uh, somebody wanting to retire and we said, look, if you if you want to come back for two or three days a week, then we can accommodate that uh, and absolutely fitted that in. So we will um, be as flexible as we need to be in order to get the right people in. Uh, and I think we've been of late, we've been reasonably successful at, at doing that. We've got some great people into the business uh, and they're really making a difference. I'm sure that we will find uh, we'll fill our coordinator roles faster than we'll fill our surveying roles. Uh, but that's only because we're offering people in the business already the opportunity to to advance their careers. So um, I'm quite optimistic that we'll get those people. It's just obviously we quite like them now. <laughs> there is there is a process to go through. <laughs> Right, I want to get a final word from both of you on this. There's a big year ahead as far as our customers are concerned, uh, especially with communication with them and timeliness of repairs being uh, key focus areas for improvement here at Platform. How are things going to be better for our customers in 2024? I, th I think from my perspective, I think that, you know, that we every month we're reducing the time to complete repairs. So, you know, there's a real positive trend around that. Um, we're also investing more in our properties over the next 12, 18 months than we ever have done. I think in terms of communication with the customer, I think we're, we've, we've got that medium term plan, which Dennis is referring to. And, you know, in the last two years, we've delivered 20 million pounds worth of investment. This year, we are on track for 34 million. And that let's, you know, well, that's definitely where we're, we're going to push it. But that, that's a, a step change in our investment. And we know that visible changes on estates make a big difference to people's perception of the of the, 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 the landlord. So I'm hoping that will make a, an impact on the, the TSMs. But in terms of communication in the short term, PPC have uh, appointed three additional people in their planning team specifically to communicate with customers on jobs that are not going perfectly. And the additional staff signed off for assets 
will include, those coordinators will include proactive communication to the customer. I think it's absolutely where we've let ourselves, property have let ourselves down over the little while because we're so focused on delivery. So it's deliver, 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 next, next, next. We'll solve this problem, we'll solve that problem. But what we don't is to stop and talk to the customer and explain to the customer and, 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 and explain when things are going off track, what we're doing to get them back on track. When I speak to customers um, in terms of final reviews, I always conclude that mostly they are utterly reasonable. They just want their job doing and they just want to be told where am I? So if we can get that communication piece better, again, I'm convinced that the tenant satisfaction measures will be so much better because our customers are very reasonable. They just want their homes maintained. They don't want perfect. They don't want immediate. Just tell me what you're going to deliver and, and then please deliver it. Another thing that we're doing at the moment as well is uh, growing our uh, internal grounds maintenance business, which is perhaps the most visible business that we run. And the, the level of dissatisfaction over the years in certain areas around the outsource solution, we know we can deliver a much better job around that. And that will really, you know, it, it will really impact the communities in which we operate. Right, both. Well, thank you very much. Uh, thanks to Dennis. Thanks to you, Linda, as well. And of course, thank you to you for being here with us as well. Remember, there are other episodes of the housing platform to check out where we talk about uh, modern methods of construction in the housing sector, uh, the possibility of zero built homes, there's diversity in the boardroom and topics around domestic abuse and safeguarding. All you have to do is subscribe to the housing platform and we'll bring you something new each month. In the meantime, thanks for listening and we'll see you next time.